Thanks for listening to our podcast. Peterson Toyota, who's a great Ram Nation partner, has been proudly serving the Fort Collins, Windsor, and Loveland communities since 1968. They're a family-owned and operated business, and they're committed to making the car buying and service experience smooth and stress-free with a friendly and accommodating staff in all their departments. Inventory is still an issue in the car business today, but Peterson Toyota prioritizes their inventory for local customers, ensuring that you have the best selection around. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canalamesa, joined by Mike Rowe. Today we have defensive line star Mohamed Kamara to tell us how he managed through three different coaches in four seasons at CSU, how he ended up uh, at CSU following addition, additional coaching changes where he had originally committed at Temple, uh, and what he saw this spring, his re- opinion of the revamped O-line, and much, much more. It's going to be a great conversation most started every game the past two seasons. He's been a part-time starter all four years. Uh, really had a breakout year in 2022. He had 44 tackles, 24 solo, 20 assisted. He led the team with eight and a half sacks for minus 53 yards. He ranked third in the Mountain West. Uh, he added two forced fumbles and one fumble recovery and led the team with 16 tackles for loss, ranking second in the league. So uh, he also owns the distinction of having the first ever scoop and score at Canvas Stadium. It was a 63-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown against Air Force in his freshman year in 2019. Mo, thank you so much for joining us, man. You ready for school to be done this year? I definitely am. I'm ready to graduate. I graduate in this Saturday, May 13th, um, graduating with a HDFS uh, bachelor's human development with a concentration in leadership and entrepreneurial professions. Um, I'm very excited. Um, actually struggling right now doing one of my papers. <laughs> so yeah, just just put it into Chat GPT. See what happens. No, nah, I can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm learning all this stuff. Him. What are you trying to do? <laughs> hey, um, so so you're using a fifth year. What um, what are you gonna do next year, school wise? Uh, I'm going to apply for grad programs. I'm not sure right now. Um, I have the option of getting an MDA or um, um, higher learning or uh, one of those two. I think I have two more. Um, can't think of the top of my head, but yeah, I'm thinking I'm applied to one of those grad programs. That's great. Well, congratulations, man. Big, big day coming up. You know, it's been a long time coming, a lot of hard work and, uh, Great that you'll be in a grad program and playing one more year of football as well. We love seeing you in the green and gold for another year. Of course, you know, the the, the plan is just to graduate in May, um, you know, apply for grad, get better in the spring um, and kill it in the fall. Absolutely love to hear that. We're hoping for a, a big season. We'll ask you more about that. But uh, you have a kind of a rare distinction of playing for three different coaches at CSU First under Mike Bobo, then Steve Adazio, and now Jay Norvell. What what in your mind are the the differences between the three of those guys? And just tell us a little bit about your relationship with each of them. Um, I would say, you know, I had a relationship with all three of them, and because I was, I want to say, because I was a player and a player for all three of them, they all treated me as a person and stuff like that. Uh, I will say the big difference is um, um, coaching style. 
you know, I think each one had their own way of coaching us. Each one brought their own um, way of teaching us how to be men too. You know, um, they all they all were involved with the offense, and they all um, coaches coach our team differently. However, they all had the same idea of winning. So, you know, that the difference was maybe how we got there, but we all had the same idea of winning. The guy that Jay Norvell replaced kind of got under, uh, went through a little bit of fire uh, with fans and whatnot and just had a little bit of a different style. How, how was he with you and how, how did you like Coach Adazio as a coach? You know, Coach Adazio was real. You know, um, you know, is it is difference between you know him being in front of the fans and all the political political things, but when you're in that meeting room, man, um, understanding that, you know, uh, you know the big thing is we lost, and his disappointment showed, and it wasn't him being mad and wanting to curse us out or belittle us. It was just him, you know, showing his passion of wanting to win. Like I said, everybody's different. I mean, all three of the coaches were different. Um, and, you know, to put in account, you know, he had his own personality and maybe he was under fire. But, you know, his his reason for how he was was he was passionate and he wanted to win, um, just like the other two coaches, you know, Um uh, and I stand and I stand behind that, you know, his me and his relationship was pretty, um, pretty good. Just like all the two, the other two coaches, you know, it's, it's hard to put into words on how he cared and you, you, you can tell he cared. So a lot of, even, even when he did leave and a lot of guys were um, frustrated because he did leave because we know, um, that he wanted to win. So it's, it's a difference between, you know, out from the outside in, it looks way, but from the inside out, the guys who are in that room and, you know, it's hard because we went through the COVID and all of that nonsense. And, uh, and that was a big contribute to uh, our team. And, you know, um, that's not something that was um, played lightly and he did his, he did his best job and, trying to get us um, in meetings, even though we couldn't be six feet apart. We had to be six feet apart. He made sure like we had certain amenities like food, even though we couldn't like, you know, be around each other. And we, he did, um, he did whatever he had to do to allow us to strive as football players. But he also wanted us to be men too. You know, um, he did a great job with, um, he took us to, not he took us, but we went to Pearl Harbor and he he sat us down and made us understand how that was important. You know, it was important to him and it's important to us as a team. Um, so things of that that don't have nothing to do with football, but, you know, it has everything to do as your character and as a man. So, yeah, he was under fire because we did lose, but we were also going through a lot of things that was out of his control, you know. Um, so that's how that's what I think about him as a man and as a coach. The reason why I say it's rare for you to have been with three different coaches is because guys would have left, right? I mean, in this day and age, you get a coaching change and and most players are are gone, right? But you, after Mike Bubba was let go, you gave Coach Adazio a chance. After he was let go two years later, you gave Coach Norvell a chance. What made you stay through 
those two different coaching changes? I mean, you know, like you said, after the coaches after coaches leave, most people will leave. But I think the I think the difference between me and most players is by, that I bet on myself. You know, my ability. I'm betting on my ability. You know, um, you know, my big thing is learning and continuing to grow as a person and as a player. You know, um, I didn't look at it as, oh, another head coach is leaving and now I have to leave with him. You know, my ability is my ability. You know, that don't have nothing to do with um, those guys. My ability is based on what God has gave me and not those three men, you know. You still, though, I mean, still probably are looking for the right fit, right? It, I would imagine if it was a terrible fit, you might have entertained the idea of leaving. But uh, it seems like for all of all parties involved, it, it's it's great that you stayed. We're, we're happy you're here. The crazy thing is, is out of Newark Central High School, you originally committed to Temple. Mm-hmm. You had other offers from Rutgers and BC. Uh, then they had two coaching changes. Jeff Collins first left for Georgia Tech. And then... Manny Diaz, who you committed to, uh, mm-hmm. left 18 days after taking the job to then take the job at Miami. They ultimately hired Rod Carey. I think he was from Northern Illinois, but you decided that you didn't have that relationship with him. You want to, you wanted to make a change. Talk about how that whole scenario played out for you and what it's like to have to shift gears so suddenly when you thought you had made your, your college decision. I mean, that for me personally, um, I'm experienced now, but when I was, at that moment, it was a roller coaster. It was really, really tough on me, extremely tough on um, my mental state because it's like um, you're committing to a place for four years, you know. Um, as a and at that time, the transfer portal wasn't as big as it is now. You know, it's not as common for you know people to just pick up and leave. So um, that was extremely hard for me. Um, with all of those people leaving and coming and leaving. And, you know, my biggest, my biggest fear was people coming and leaving. So I felt, I felt as though, you know, of all due respect, I felt as though people, a lot of the coaches that went to Temple um, used it as a stepping stone to go to somewhere bigger, which is, you know, all reality that's, they can, because at then, like at that period of time, Temple was, big and they're they were doing their thing and they were winning at you know and a lot of coaches wanted to be a part of that um to go somewhere bigger and that was just the that's just, that was just the reality of it you know no no disrespect to any of those coaches but that's just how I looked at it as a young um a young a younger me you know now I realize that you know it's their livelihood and you know they have families that they have to take care of so they have to do whatever it takes to you know, um, take care of their families. So I, I never really blamed them or I never had a type of anger towards anybody. It was just not my situation. It was just not for me. I couldn't be in a place where, you know, I have to worry about one of the coaches were going to leave or, you, you know, um, have a bigger job or something like that. I read that your brother was an assistant coach at Newark Central where you played your high school ball and and he was a big part in helping you with your recruiting search. Talk, can you talk about that and, and how that played a part? And it, uh, he yeah, was, ext- I mean, he, he was extremely big. Um, he's still big in my life right now. Um, I think I talked about it um, when we was at Denver, but he was extremely big. And because of him, I've gotten, I've gotten those 
all of those offers. And I've also got a lot of looks from even schools such as Penn and Pitt and all those Eastern schools and Ohio State. Um, didn't fall through, but, you know, just having that ability to just having him around and giving me the opportunity to be looked at or be offered. Um, he was a big help and having that, that voice in the back of my head, knowing that, you know, it was all going to fall through. And he, and he, you know, he explained to me like how, you know, college football is kind of like a business and you have to look at it in that standpoint. You can't be mad or you can't be um, hesitant in the things you do. Well, you ultimately ended up committing to Mike Bobo's staff and, uh, and CSU. And so what made you, I mean, that, that's a big jump. First of all, what, how did you first come in contact with that coaching staff and, and what made you decide to attend school across the country in Fort Collins? I mean, uh, I mean, for me, um, like I said, I had a lot of looks and a lot of, and a few offers. Um, I just, pers I, when I was in high school, I didn't have the grades. So, you know, a lot of those coaches came in, um, not, I'm not going to main name them, but a lot of coaches from different power five and, uh, group of five, um, some of them larger schools came in and they wanted to, you know, recruit me, but they saw my grades and they didn't think I was going to, they didn't think I was going to make it. Um, you know, uh, Temple continued, Temple was recruiting me since, well, I want to say, my sophomore year or freshman year, they were recruiting me um, just because of that connection between them and my brother and they treated me like family. So I, you know, I had that, that family bond with them and they helped me through my, um, the process of getting my grades up and, you know, coach Gibson, he was a part of the Mike Bobo staff and he was here and um, he, he continued to recruit me, even though I had poor grades and, um, by the grace of God, I was able to, you know, finish off with uh with with grades in order to be in college. And those guys took a chance on me. So, you know, I took a chance on them and, you know, they continue to talk to me even with my poor grades and they continue to entertain me with my poor grades. And even after I decommitted, um, the, those guys were the first ones to um, contact me about it like you know that you know these guys are going to leave and stuff like that so that's how I you know was like okay this is a family that wants me to be there and um they continue to want me even though I have poor grades and so it was no it was no idea where I was going to go after Temple well you've seen your share of coaching changes and I think in the old days, not even that that old, just a few years ago, student athletes would be penalized if they wanted to change schools, right? So with the way coaches have come and gone so freely, you you think it's only fair and about time that student athletes were kind of given that same freedom to transfer and without penalties and uh, you know, where in the past transfers were much more restrictive. Uh yeah, I think it I think it is about that time. However, you know. I don't I wouldn't say two wrongs make a right because you like people are committing to you in this university. People are committing to you as a coach. And just like how you leave, um, you know, in this day and age as a coach, your players will leave right behind you. You know, you're taking a piece of the you're taking a piece of the the program with you. And in some ways it could be wrong, some ways it could be right, but I, I do I do believe like it should be time where people shouldn't be um kids shouldn't be penalized 
but if you're gonna if you're gonna um I know in this day and age where a lot of reporters and people talk about the kids and how they're leaving this that and the third um I think they should have the same scrutiny for the coaches too you know I don't think I mean I don't think every coach ex- coach change is a good one and I don't think every coach change is a bad one but in some cases where there's no reason why they leave and they just doing it for the money, like I said earlier, that's their livelihood and they have to um, provide and stuff like that. So you can never really get mad. But you also have you also have people that commit to you, not just your family. You have people that other people's family, other people's fr- uh, parents, you know, um, the university, the people. So, you know, it's just I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think um, players should be penalized for changing just like the coaches. So, Mo, um, I'm a school teacher and former high school coach, and I just got to say, hearing you talk about your grades in high school, I mean, that just makes me so proud of you and what you did and what your brother did to help you get through that. And it's just amazing. I mean, that's why that's why I got into teaching right there. That's why I got into coaching. So, love that you're representing our Rams, you know, for something like that. I mean, tip of the cap to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So West Orange and Newark are, are very close to each other. Did you did you know or play against CJ uh, in high school? I never played against CJ in high school. Um, it was when he was coming. It was a big shot when he was coming. Uh, he actually texted me first, you know, reaching out, and that's just and that's just the type of guy he is. You can tell, like in that in that message, he was you know I, I I'm I'm very straightforward, and I message. You know, he was talking about what he was going to expect and, you know, what type of place it was because I'm I'm from where he's from. You know, the question was like, oh, um, you know, he asked me what is it going to be? And I told him, like, it's, you know, it's a regular place. It's nice and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not here for all the niceness. I'm, I'm here to get better at football and I'm going to be the best. And, you know, and he took on that challenge and, and my way of saying that, I was trying to challenge him to know because if he, if he would have done anything else, but he, if he would have done anything but to accept the challenge, I wouldn't want him to be on the team. You know, he could have gotten mad, he could have complained, he could have been, uh, you know, felt some type, some, some felt some way about me. But you know, to this, you know, after that season and to this day, and I'll probably be forever. That is going to be my brother. You know what I mean? Because that's the type of relationship we got. Um, in that one instance, he could have he could have took it as me challenging him and he could have gotten mad and you know, all those other things and made it anything, everything of everything else but football. But he kept it about football and he kept the questions about football. And I knew what the type of person I had on the other side of me. So I, you know, like you said, you tip my hat to me. I tip my hat to him, man. That, that is my guy. That, that's great to hear. You know, we got to know him last year. He was on with us. And, yeah, great cat, man. Love love that this is a – you you all are, are, are the type of players, the kids that we're bringing into this program. And you're going to be the change. You're going to be the change that gets us back on top. Most so, definitely. Go ahead. So, so this is your super senior COVID year, and you've, you've talked, talked a little bit about it on some of the previous questions. But – what brought you back to CSU for that that final season? I mean, um, first things first was to graduate. 
You know, I graduated in May. I needed to graduate for me and my family. That's what was really important to me. Um, number two was to get myself better um, when it came to uh, my level of play. And I trusted my coach, um, Coach Buddha, to, you know, help me get better. Like I said, um, like Joel said, I had a great season 2022 and I had all those stats. And it's just because, you know, Coach Buddha allowed me to play freely and, you know, do what I had to do. And um, Coach Banks, those guys, you know, they they allowed us to be efficient in um, what we did. And number three was just to, uh, you touched on it a little bit, was just to put this program back on this train tracks to be great, you know. Um, I have one year left. Uh, I hope that the goal is to win a championship every year, and I hope we win a championship. But um, but the, also the goal is to create a uh, environment, a, a community, a um, a brotherhood between us that is that's that's long lasting. You know, just five years ago, or five or six, seven, eight years ago, um, this place was a winning place. Um, and something happened along that way. And I, and since I'm here right now, I wanted to, you know, put us back on that track. Um, we have a lot of great guys that want to follow me and I'm going to put them in the right direction as best as I can. You know, I'm not always going to be right, but I'm going to do what I got to do. Well, you, you answered my next question. I, I wanted to ask you what, what helped you kind of have that breakout season in 2022 and, how how did you take your game to the next level? And and you you basically said Coach Buddha Williams and Freddie Banks were a big part of that. What what have those two coaches brought to the table? And and what what do you like about playing for them? Um, they brought like their own personalities. Um, they have their own traits, their own personalities. They're not just um, they're not just coaches following the head coach they're their own coaches their own you know they have their own personality so they bring their own flavor to the game and you know and they allow us they allow us as a defense a defensive front to do the same you know everybody's not the same and we can't be treated as just we're we're not just treated as guards centers uh you know tackles you know we're Mahami Kamara um and all those other guys Grady Kelly Cam Barreto, CJ, you know, we're all our own different people. We bring something different to the table. Um, they make they make plays. They write up plays in order for certain uh, for certain one of us to make our own plays. Um, you know, half the battle is just showing up and they do half the battle of knowing what's going to happen. And they they do a great job of um, understanding the offense of the other team and, you know, giving us that information. So all we have to do is entrust in them. Um, and, you know, that's how we played so well. Um, that's how we dominated on defense. So we lost, we lost Daquan and CJ from last year's team defense. Who do you see besides yourself stepping up to fill those big shoes? I wouldn't say stepping up. I think they I think they're always there. I think we have uh we have Shiggy, um, all of them DBs that was there last year, to be honest. Defensive backs, uh, I think it was Shiggy, you know, we got uh Jack Hall, we got Henry Blackburn, um, um, Aiden, 
they all four of those guys are just something different. And, you know, um, coach did a good job of recruiting, bringing some newer guys in there, you know. Um, so those four were really good. Um, we have Cam and Grady. Those guys are that was their last year, first time ever playing. They stepped up and they're practically leaders now. Um, they did what they had to do. Um, and the linebackers, you know, I, I would say that the linebacker core was a little older and a lot of those guys left. But we still got Chase. We still got Sanjay. Uh, actually, we still have Justin. Um, and those guys are older, too. Um, so I don't think it necessarily that we needed to step up to the plate. Like I said, everybody's different. They, everybody brings up brings their own different personality to the defense. Um, so I don't think there's shoes that I don't think in our day and age or in our defense is not shoes that need to be filled per se, but I think it's just people being themselves and we um, understanding each other. You just mentioned a lot of the returning guys, the guys with experience. How about some of the um, the younger guys that uh, are coming in this year? Are there guys that for us to keep an eye out for that might possibly get some playing time this year or any guys that you've taken under your wing so far? I mean, uh, of course, I, I've, got, I've got a few guys, especially the DNs, the DNs that are um, I've taken over my wing, um, like Noor and uh, – uh, Nor uh, his last name Norigaku. I think that's how you say it. I don't want to butcher yep. it. And Mukendi, you know those type, those guys are younger. Um, they they played. Uh, uh, Mukendi played a little bit, but he didn't um play a lot. I mean, you know, this is going to be his year two of like actually playing. Nor wasn't able to play last year for technical reasons. I'm not really sure, but you know, hopefully he comes in. He plays really well. Um, and those two guys that are those two guys that are playing DN, they're gonna have to match my energy, you know. Um, you know, and there's a there's a couple other DNs that are gonna play and stuff like that. You know, God willing, I'm healthy the whole year and I can play the whole year. Those guys gotta figure out who's gonna play number two. I'm number one. That's just how it is. So whoever's number two just gotta match the energy. Um, that's all. That's all. So if if I'm playing at a high level, they have to play at a high level. You know, that's that's just how I look at it. You know, if I'm playing, if I'm getting on the edge and I'm beating him, be my man, you know, the front two have to the two different tackles. They have to push the pocket. So I think, you know, I don't necessarily like think it's, oh, guys to look at is how we going to how we're going to move as a front. That's what I'm worried about. You know, Matt Thomas came in. We still have. Matt Thomas just came in. We still have James. He played. Um, he played a lot too. Um, so a lot of those guys are good. Uh, we also have uh Tyrell. Um, he was a he's a defensive back. He's pretty good, actually. Um he came from UTEP and he was like an all-American over there or something like that. So I'm I'm happy that he's over here. Uh we still have older people that were in there. Guzman that um, didn't start his he didn't start in the beginning but end up starting for us towards the end and he's just improving himself. Um, we have a couple linebackers. Chase he didn't start but at towards the end he was balling. That man was balling. So you know just improving his confidence and improving his level of play. 
Um, Jasim, you know, he's a he's really, really young, but he all he wants to do is absorb the information. So he's just getting his way around it and stuff like that. I mean, he just rattled off a ton of talent, guys that have been in the program, a couple spots where we added depth, a lot of good reasons why next year we should have a really strong defense. I mean, fans are expecting the D to be one of the best we've had in recent CSU history. And uh, I'm just curious what your personal uh, opinion and what what, uh, your unit plans to do this year on the defensive side of the football. Um. You know, I think we I think as a defense, we didn't click until the fourth game and we had a lot of big hiccups um, in the the first four or I think the first four or first five. And, you know. Um, and once we started believing in coach um, Banks and his decent defense and his defensive scheme, I think that's when we started clicking. Um, he, like I said, he those guys, those defensive um, coaches allow us to be us, you know, um, even our, uh, even even my even my coach, you know, coach um, coach Buddha, you know, coach Jake. Those guys are great with you know the numbers and under making us understand that even though we might have had a good game defensively, one we still lost, and two there was so much other things that were on the table that we could have done. So you know, I think that's that's the that's the thing that's that's the main thing. Or that's the reason why I think we're going to be much, even much better because we have a year two and we believe in what they're saying and we have no reason to waste our first four games in order to get to be good. Let me pause real quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. Stop in for an amazing dinner at the cash where you can enjoy fine steaks and chops, good whiskey or select from their award winning wine list. And by the way, they now have Whiskey Wednesdays where all whiskey is 50% off, including their new Ginger and Baker Old Elk Single Barrel Whiskey. Normally $18, it's just $9 now on Wednesdays. If you're looking for a more casual dining outing, check out the cafe with a wide offering of American comfort food classics, where you can try something quick from their grab and go case in the market, which is stocked with all kinds of scratch made breakfast and lunch deliciousness. Ginger Baker also features a coffee shop, event spaces, and a teaching kitchen, the latter of which has a ton of great events showing you how to make cocktails and special meals. Check out gingerandbaker.com slash calendar for a full list of events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. So what are your expectations for the program in, in 23? I'll win a lot more games in four or three. Um, you know, our expectation is to win every home game. Um, and that just takes, what, eight games? That's just eight Ws right there. Um, and like I said, we're competing for a championship. Um, and wherever, whatever else comes, we want to win our first four games. I mean, not our first four games. We want to win our all our home games. We want to win our division rivals. Um and we want to compete for a championship. That's that's the expectation. Um, that's that's damn there. Fuck it, nine or eight wins right there. So it can happen. It's definitely can happen. I mean, even even though we lost a lot of those games, um, the score was 21, 21 something, twenty one zip. So we we held a lot of those teams under twenty one points. So even though they did a number on this, especially Michigan. Um, but 
no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fear any anybody we play, and I don't think anybody on our defense fear anybody we play. So you know, hey, that's just the facts. If we play how we played this year, if we played how we played last year, and we eliminate those four, um, and we eliminate those wasted four games, I think we even be a better defense. Get here. So the the Jay Nor Norvell era began with a lot of players coming in and out of the program. Uh, with less turnover, uh, especially with you core guys that you've already mentioned a ton of, um, how would you compare this year's spring ball versus last year's? More detailed, more in-depth. Um, I mean, we, there's still a lot of people coming and going, and coach coaches still, you know, recruiting and stuff like that. So um, that's important. But I think I think is I think what's What's different between this spring ball is just how we practice, you know. Um, it's just more in depth. We everybody knows what we need to do, you know. Everybody knows the plays, you know. It changes here and there, but you know our core system is our core system, and um, hopefully, with our core system, we can next year hold people um, less than twenty-one points. Hey, one of the things that uh, has been a big question mark, it was obviously last last year a weak spot of the team with injuries and departures and the offensive line. Uh, by all accounts, the new additions and the revamped offensive line this offseason seems like they made some strides this spring. You went against them for the you know 15 spring workouts. What, what did you see going up against those guys? You know, I just had to, you know um... – as us as a team, we just had to rip the Band-Aid and let them know, like, um, what we did last year was a failure. You know, just be really, really honest. Um, and in my work and my way I practice against them, I had to make sure they knew, like, there's a difference on what we – and there's a difference of what we got to do. You know, if I'm supposedly the top player of the Mountain West and whatever the case may be and all that – nonsense then I have to go against them every single moment and make them feel like I am the top player so in turn if I'm supposed to be the top player then who is everybody else you know that was my mindset and how I looked at it and how I how I practiced against them you know they did a lot they did a great job of being better at being reciprocal of the information we gave them you know, they did a better job of doing extra work and um, holding themselves accountable. You know, most of the time they went off and did their own little thing and doing their own little extra work. And I'm like, OK, I got to go do extra work, too. You know, um, so, you know, just ripping off the bandaid and let them know, like, whatever, whatever we did last year was a failure. And um, we have to do better because everything is riding on you guys. You know, of course, of course, um, everybody else has to get better and improve. But we have to protect the quarterback and we have to get the ball off and do all this nonsense. But the core is the offensive line. And that's anywhere, you know, not just CSU. Everybody has everybody, you know, little league, high school, college, the NFL, that's their core everywhere you go. Um, and last year we lacked at that. Um, so hopefully 
we look at that, look at the film and uh, understand where we failed at and just try to improve. You know, they they've been trying to improve themselves. Um, and, you know, as a defensive line, we try to improve them also by going hard and making sure they understood that, you know, nothing is easy. So it sounds like you did experience uh, you, you saw that they had improved that in your mind that there is there is improvement already uh, from last year towards this year with this group. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I definitely see improvement. Um, but, you know, all of that, all of that stuff is just hocus pocus when it comes to game time. You know, we can sit here and talk about all the details and whatever the case may be, how I feel about them. But it's, it's all about what happens in the game. You know, um, I can sit here and say I improved a lot, but look like garbage next uh, next semester, you know. So it really is all depends on game time. So I, I can say they improved. I can reassure you that it improved, but it's not up to me. It's up to what they do when the whistle is blowing in between the lines. Exactly. Exactly. That's this is the the life of a fan during the spring. We t- try to take as little the, the information we get and and try to project how that might translate in the fall. But uh, sounds like there's at least some good signs from the O line, which is good. Yeah, you played a little bit of offense in high school, didn't you? I saw I was looking at some of the stats. You yeah. had like 126 receiving yards, three touchdowns, 55 rushing yards, uh, and a touchdown your senior season. Do you what what position did you play in, in was it running back? Or did you do a little receiver and, and do you miss offense? Uh it was cool. You know, the crowd the crowd, the crowd is nice. <laughs> the crowd is, it was cool. But yeah, I, I ain't a pretty boy. You know, the best athlete. <laughs> you know, the best athlete. I'm going to say it one more time. The best athletes are on defense. That's why we play defense. Um, You know, I think I did all those things in high school just to, you know, um, just to, you know, help my team out. I don't think um, it was cool or whatever, but, and I'll play defense. I'm a defensive player at heart, you know, aggression and hitting people. That's what I like to do, you know, um, you know, if coach put me in, you know, one of them offensive positions, hey, I, I could do it. I could do it now. But that ain't me. You know what I mean? That ain't me for now. You know, um, but I, like I said, I did those positions. I did those things because my team needed me to do that. And if my team needed me to do that now, I'm going to do it. Um, but if it's, in, if it's my choice, I'll be playing defense. I love it, man. Hey, so uh, got an eye on the NFL next year. You, you kind of have that in the as your goals. Is that is that what you're you're hoping to advance to after your your fifth year? Yeah, that's the goal. That's really the goal. I mean, I came back just to improve my skills, show a little show a little bit more on tape. Um, you know, I um, you know, I'm coming back. I'm playing these twelve games. Hopefully, is hopefully is thirteen, fourteen, and. You know, but my my goal is to just to dominate every game. You know, um, I know coaches are going to throw everything they have at me, you know, because respectfully they have to. Um, but I, my my goal is just to dominate and show that I can do it here, that I can do it in the NFL, too. All right. All right. Maybe. uh and start getting start getting those D linemen getting in the NFL, man. I like to hear that. Like to hear that. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're from New Jersey. 
Yeah. You big you're a big Taylor Ham pork roll fan? Nah, I'm I don't eat pork. I don't eat pork. I'm Muslim. That's against my religion. There you go. So that one's out. So what other uh local foods would you recommend from your native New Jersey? Uh I like top diners. I mean, you know, I can I can give you all these restaurants, but ain't nothing like a home cooked meal. You know, my mom does a great job. I have a lot of sisters, you know, I love I love all my sisters and they all of them know how to cook. Um, I am from New Jersey, but I also am from West Africa. Um, I'm from Guinea. So we have a lot of those traditional um, foods that they make. You know, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have a hard time gaining weight. You know, it's easy for me. Just eating my food, I'll be good. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I like a lot of those places, but ain't nothing like having a home-cooked meal. Like I said, if I was to recommend anything, I like top diners. You know, it's cool. It's it's nice and um has a got a lot of uh, great food and delectables and stuff like that. Um, I can go across and go to New York, and there's a lot of good food places too. Um, and that's fine. Um, but yeah. So since you've been in Fort Collins so long, where's your go-to places to uh to eat and hang out there? Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm low key. If it was up to me, I do like, I do like Qdoba. I know a lot of people like Chipotle. I'm a Qdoba or slash Chipotle type of guy. Um, I know a lot of us like to go to, you know, uh, Subway too, but if it's not the little, uh, fast food places, um, I personally like Thai, the, the Thai, the Thai restaurants around town. You know, uh, luckily there's a big Thai culture here. Um, I do like the Crazy Carl's. Crazy Carl's is amazing. That's, that's where I get my pizza from. Also, Mama Rollies, that's that's nice right there. Um, back door is really good. I like going there. Has great burgers and fries. Uh, I really like the tater tots. I'm a tater tots man. That place does have good burgers, man. I do yeah, like they that place. Oh, uh, I like Nick's. Uh, next Italian restaurant that's really good. I like to go if I'm going on a date. I go out there, go over there, take somebody on a date over there. Um, Texas Roadhouse can never. I never really was a big steak steak person because, like I said, I'm from Guinea, West Africa, so we don't really do like steak. Um, but Texas Roadhouse, their rolls and that and that um New York Strip, yeah, that that's that's fire right there. Yeah, you know. I can, that mashed potatoes, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, hey, when did your family come to the United States? Uh, I want to say around like the the nineteen nineties, uh, late late nineteen nineties. I'm not really sure. I just know I was I was born here. All my other siblings are born there. I was born here, and then I had my little sister. Um, so I've been I've been on this earth for 22 years. So hopefully 22 years plus for them. I don't know. <laughs> right. Do you do you uh, do you like to cook yourself? I cook a little things. I, I it's, it's never the same. I I really want um my mom to cook. You know my big mama's boy. Uh, but uh, I cook cook little things. I cook a lot of pasta. Some uh some uh chicken and things of that nature well, simple things uh make a couple of things when i feel frisky 
<laughs> what do you do for fun outside of football? I mean, I, I like to go to the rec. Um, you know, we play basketball. A lot of the football players like to play basketball. Um, besides that, I like to go on a walk. You know, this place is beautiful, especially in the springtime. It gets really that nice weather. Let the uh, the trees and the flower blooms. Um, horse too sometimes, you know, paddle boarding. I never did that before. I, um, I did that here. Oh, for some reason, I like sushi here, even though it's a landlocked state. <laughs> I do like the sushi here. Jaws is really good. I, I know I skipped over it, but Jaws is really good too. Um, what else I like to do? Go on walks, you know, enjoy the scenery. Um, you know, that's about it. Well, that's great, man. Tell you what, I enjoyed the heck out of getting to know you and and uh, and listen to you talk about some ball because uh, really well spoken. You're really thoughtful in all your responses, and I hope we can do this again as uh, we get near football season next fall. Of course, of course, I'm um, I'm planning on you guys. You know, hit me up again, and you know us talking again. So I'm ready when you, you guys are ready. You can count on it, buddy. Appreciate it. Good congratulations. Uh, good luck in your in your final what week of school here, and and, uh, and and congratulations on your graduation coming up. Yeah, congrats. Thank you, thank you. All right, thank we'll talk you, to you uh, soon, pal. All right. Dang, Mike, he's one of the better student athletes we've ever had. That was that was awesome, uh, dude. I'm stoked. I can't like. Is it September first yet? Or I know he's got me fired up. I just, I mean, he's, I meant, I mean that like he's, he really well spoken and thought about every answer and he's no nonsense. Like he wasn't, he, I think when I asked him about the the offensive line, I just loved his response. Like it's, yeah, he saw some improvement, but he's not going to blow smoke. Right. It, we'll, we'll find yep. out how, if there really is improvement once games start. So, and that's. Hey, man, you, would you, you think about losing Daquan Jackson and, and CJ on these are Mountain West players, guys that are trying to play professionally now. And he's like, it's just next man up. Like, no one's stepping in to, to fill their shoes because no one needs to. It's just the next man up. So I love that mentality. I love that he just was so excited about the defense and, and then the guys he just started naming over and over. And he's like, yeah, these guys, you know, last year was the first time that they had to play. And you just saw their improvement at the end of the season, and now they're back this spring. And yeah, man, it yeah, it makes me excited. It makes me excited. Hey, uh, before we go, I wanted to ask you because I know you attend this every year, and and you just enjoy the heck out of yourself on Saturday. But uh, we're asking for for those of you who are not familiar with the Denver Derby Party, it's it's put on by a group of. CSU guys that have been doing this for many years now, um, they they started it as like just kind of a an event to honor their their friend Sean Lowe, who passed away after a mountain biking accident in like 2001. Um, the a couple guys who I'm buddies with, uh, Tay Hunt and Mike Berg are are, are are two of like I don't know 20 guys that end up doing all the organization for this thing, but they just do a heck of a job. Um, they had it this year at McGregor Square. I know that uh, I think they've had it there a couple years now, but this thing started like in a backyard. It grew to um, Wash Park, Boathouse, Denver Botanic Gardens, 
and then like the Denver 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 Center for Performing Arts Complex. And this seems like the place where it is now, McGregor Square is just a perfect spot for it. But just curious as to, to tell people who don't know about it what the experience is like, as it it looks uh, and and by all accounts, talking to you, it's exceptional. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of hit on it. So, um, I think for a lot of our listeners, the the, uh, the people that started this are our age. Um, they're they're a few classes above me, but they were SAEs at CSU and. and and their friend Sean Lowe was was killed in a mountain biking accident, and they really, you know, they wanted to do some for him, and so they wanted to honor him with the scholarship. And uh, I mean, it, it it seriously started as a kegger in, in one of the guys' backyards, and it just it has blown up to a point where on on Saturday they gave three full ride scholarships. Everything paid for four years uh, to to three Denver area students to go to CSU. Um, I think it for a lot of people they they kind of have lost that the sight of it because it's just such an amazing party, such a such a fun time that they kind of miss miss that part. But it is a CSU event. You know, I'm pretty fortunate. My wife um, she helped. She really helped with the transition. She she uh, started when they were at Wash Park, and they went to the Botanical Gardens, and then uh, downtown to the uh, Arts District, and and that was when she she stepped down from there. She stepped down from CSU and and moved on in her career. But we've been going. I mean, I've been going since two thousand seven, and uh, it's just it's just such a great event. Like I said. Uh, this year they gave out three uh, full ride scholarships, and and when I say that, they pay for everything. Like if you, I know I remember a few years ago they they had a kid, it was a full ride, like all expenses like paid for, and the kid was like, I can't go to Fort Collins, and they're like, well, why not? And they're, he's like, I can't afford to go from Denver to Fort Collins. And they were just blown away. Like they didn't realize, like for some of these students, they don't even have the means to basically leave their their block. And uh, so, what they do for to really help these kids is it, it's just amazing. Uh, and then on the selfish side, the party—I mean, it's unreal. It's just everybody's dressed to the nines. Um, all the all the beverages you can drink great food since it's moved in mcgregor square they use that uh food court there and every one of those food uh court vendors they put out you know small plates and and basically self-serve and you got the drinks over on one side you got the food over there just amazing people watching if you've never done it it's worth it um you you look at the price tag. I mean, it's 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 roughly about one fifty for general admission, but it's worth but it. It's, it's all you it. can eat and all you can drink. It's just all, open you, bar. Eat, all you can drink. Yep. And uh, but for what the what it goes to, I mean, that's that's the thing that makes it worth it. Yeah. The other stuff. I mean, that's just that's that's the icing on the cake. Well, kudos to those guys. That is just uh, an exceptional. 
the, the way that they've organized that and grown that thing over the years is incredible. I saw Amy Parsons was there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is tied with the alumni association. Uh, but yes, it is. It is the Sean Ranch Low Foundation that I mean, they really take care of everything. They get the sponsorship deals. They they cut yeah. the deal with with uh, with where, whatever venue that they're at. I mean, Tracy was telling the story how one of the years she had fifteen thousand dollars in cash from the boathouse <laughs> that she drove home with and had to wait till Monday to take it to the bank because they're just like, here, take this. So she said that was a little uh, nerve-wracking, but it, it has changed a bit since then. Uh, last thing, we kind of were talking about this offline, but the Colorado Coaches for Charity event that uh, Jay Norvell attended and, and supported Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and you have Fisher DeBerry's Foundation, you had Ed Lamb, uh, the the new Northern Colorado coach you had the CSU Pueblo coach and they all came to sponsor their you know these these charities that are near and dear to them and then you had the representative from CU was not their head coach Deion Sanders it was their offensive coordinator Sean Lewis and their charity was uh, the Buff Club <laughs> so that just I mean, I know that they're taking some lumps on social media and I, I posted about on Ram Nation and uh, taking a shot on them. But I just that is just so bizarre to me. What a, is that just not the worst look? I mean, how how can that even be? How can you have how can you attend this thing, which is where it's an opportunity to support a cause greater than yourself and see you picks themselves to benefit from it? And the basically any money they raise is probably going to cover Deion Sanders contract there at least some of it so it's just bizarre what was when, your you, when you look at coach lamb you know coming from byu you know he was he was i think the uh, offensive coordinator there correct but but you, you you look at him coming from out of state he's been in Greeley for three months now for him to partner with arc which if you don't know what arc is it's kind of like goodwill but they really focus on helping helping p- people with special needs yeah. um, and to help, you know, learn how to live on their own, to help them find jobs. You know, you look at, at uh, Coach V. Hill in, in Pueblo, uh, his foundation helps single, single moms, single parents, you know, get clothes, food, transportation for their kids obviously coach norvell was working with with citrus (laughs) sorry um cf you know what his his lovely wife kim uh unfortunately suffers from uh coach calhoun who i cannot stand you know he's doing things for military families who who've lost who have lost lost members uh in service coach the berry you know his program and then you just have Coach Sanders, who doesn't even bother to show up, who's on social media showing all the big fish that he's catching, sends his offensive coordinator, and and for them to to do the Buff Club, like you couldn't find something, right? You couldn't find something in Boulder. I mean, not showing up is 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 a bad enough look, but then to basically have it lining your own pockets, it's 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 a joke. It's it's such a 
clown show. There's so many things. And I look, and I've said this before, when CU is good or average, it helps CSU. It always has. You you look at our, our best years, they, they usually coincide with CU's best years as well. And they could have had Ryan Walters, somebody who cared about the program, somebody who bled for that program, whose dad bled for that program. And instead they got this clown, clown in a cowboy hat. He ain't, hard, he ain't I, hard to find. Nope. God, I can't wait. I hope we just push it in against them <laughs> against on September 16th. I, I can't, can't stand them. If anything, it just makes you appreciate our, our, our staff and our values that much more, you know, so really happy to have Norvell and the people that he brings within our program to represent CSU. So before, uh, before we jump off, we, we missed this last week, you know, thoughts and prayers doesn't even come close to covering it, but all of Ram nation, anybody that's here heard this, send, send your thoughts to Shaq Barrett. I mean, I don't ever even want to imagine what he, him and his family are going through with the loss of their daughter. But you have a chance. Send send those thoughts his way. No doubt. That, that's a guy that is always so classy when you talk to him. Super down to earth guy. Just just like kind of one of the guys. And uh, he just happens to be a superstar football player and Super Bowl winner. And when you look at his social media, all he did was gush over his little daughter. Um, you know and how excited they were that. It was the light in their family. And so that was just a gut punch to read that. You just feel just so awful for them. And and uh, long haul, they'll have ahead of them trying to recover and and uh, grieve for that loss. But, yeah, good call out, Mike. Hey, that was a good one, man. Uh, really enjoyed Mo. And and uh, we'll line up some great interviews come, coming up as well. I know we're trying to get on Amy Parsons' docket, so that'll be fun kind of having an in-depth conversation with her, hopefully within the next month. So we'll bring that to you. If you guys have any ideas on uh, people you'd like to hear from, we're all ears. Uh, but do want to remind you that uh, as part of the Mile High Sports Network podcast now, we would really appreciate it if you'd give us a follow and maybe even a review and, and pass along some of our episodes when you like them. So, all right. Well, thanks all for, for listening. Really appreciate it. Reach out with any ideas you might have for future guests. We'd love that. Any feedback is always welcome as well. Have a great rest of your week. And go Rams.